They've watched Citizen Kane a combined 200 times. Elliot's first words were, I personally thought the use of Dutch angles was derivative in the 400 blows. In Nathan's favorite historical figure is Fritz Lang. Now they're bringing that snootiness to you with Magellan's at the Movies. What's up, folks? <coughs> we're we're back with another episode. Before we get started, Nathan, I want to talk to you about your reactions to all the big trailers that have dropped over the past week. Uh, Indiana Jones Five, Gra Guardians of the Galaxy Three, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts, obviously, and uh, the mm. official trailer for the Last of Us TV show. What have, what have you seen? Uh, what do you think? I have not seen the Last of Us TV show because I didn't play the game, so I'm not, and I don't have HBO Max currently, so I'm not all that interested in that one. I did watch all of the other ones. Uh, Rise of the Beast looks indistinguishable from every other Transformers. I don't understand how you can get excited for it. It it looks so. If you had shown me that trailer and said this was a trailer for like Transformers Four, I would have believed you. I would have been like, "Oh, that's lit! Great!" There was a hippo transformer in that, or whatever. Uh, so that one looked like who cares? Or if you do care, you know, good for you. I hope you are excited for the movie. Uh, the Indiana Jones Five trailer I thought looked really cool. I thought this if they're doing CGI de aging on Harrison Ford or whatever they did. There's a shot where he looks younger. I thought that looked impeccable. I thought just overall the movie looked like a lot of fun and a lot of like what Indiana Jones should be. So I'm really excited for it. Still, I recently watched Fleabag, and the main character of that is played by Phoebe Waller's-Bridge, who is playing Indy's goddaughter in indiana jones 5 so i'm really excited because she was phenomenal in that so she's i'm expecting her to be really fun and then guardians 3 i actually thought looked kind of interesting I, it was like it didn't look like it was shot like a regular marvel movie like there was more than a few shots that i was like oh that's way closer of a close-up than we usually get with marvel which might be like a small thing but it just it felt newer than like the ant-man and the wasp quantum mania trailer which looked like just another marvel thing so i'm kind of excited for that one too i guess all right there you go uh so i i don't really care about the transformers trailer it i'm really conf i'm beyond confused about the logistics of transformer life i really don't care about guardians of the galaxy 3 to be honest i i didn't love Either of the first two Guardians of the Galaxy movies, this one does not look set to buck that trend. So, yeah, it's a pass for me, but then every Marvel is a pass for me these days. I agree with you. I, I think that I was pleasantly surprised by the Indiana Jones trailer. There's I think there's a lot of strong talent behind it. I haven't seen Fleabag, but Nathan informs me that it's good. It's being directed by James Mangold. Looking to pull off a hat trick here with, he directed Logan and then Ford v. Ferrari, two great movies. So he's, uh, we're, we're looking for three for three. Yeah, I, I think it looks pretty good. If some of the rumored leaks I've heard about are true, I think it's going to be pretty terrible. What are you shaking your head about? I'm just saying don't, I haven't seen any rumored leaks. Don't be you know, spoiling anything here. Okay. Well, yeah. So I, I guess I, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. I, I love Raiders of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade. It's been a long time since I've seen Temple of Doom. I remember liking it enough. Uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is not great. But yeah, I, I really like Indiana Jones. I really like these movies. I'm excited for Indiana Jones 5. And then, so I have played The Last of Us, and I love it. I think it's a fantastic game with a great story. 
So I'm really excited for this show, and the official trailer I thought was fantastic. I, it showed a lot of cool stuff that I recognized, and then some stuff that I didn't recognize. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they're because the like teaser trailer that we got a few months ago, I fe- it showed only stuff from from set pieces or cutscenes from the game, and I was kind of wondering like, okay, if they're like doing a one-to-one adaptation here, I'm not 100% sure I see the point of that because, you know, The Last of Us is already a game with a very strong story, and I guess I would say I, I at that point I'm not sure why you wouldn't just either A, play it yourself, or B, watch all the cutscenes edited together on YouTube. But this trailer definitely eased some of those fears and man there's a there's a really cool shot at the very end of a a bloater crawling out of this uh fiery crater with infected running around him it's it's really well framed and it looks really cool and yeah i'm i'm very excited i'm probably going to get a month of hbo max just to watch it that's all very interesting that's i do think i do as one last thing for about Indiana Jones 5, I do think the name is really abysmal. Dial of Destiny sounds like a Indiana Jones video game title or a really bad book version of it or something. I don't think it sounds very cool. Not in the same way that Raiders of the Lost Ark sounds really cool. Dial yeah. of Destiny? Blech. It's just describing well, a thing. Well, you know... Okay, quiet now, Nathan. Whatever the merits of the name, I think the point of this protracted introduction is that there's a lot to be looking forward to. Nathan and I are still planning on seeing the Fablemans at some point, or uh, not together necessarily, but we are going to see it at some point. Decision to leave as well. Um, I think I saw recently that Martin Scorsese confirmed that Killers of the Flower Moon would be releasing like in a matter of months, which is weird. Yeah. So we're definitely going to see that, but there's, you know, there's stuff for, for the artisans, there's stuff for the blockbusters, there's stuff for the indies. It's, it's good time. Despite what you may have heard, I personally think that it's a pretty good time to be a fan of movies. I agree. I agree. And we'll discuss this more. We're, we've got a, a year-end sort of episode planned, so we might end up talking about some of these movies that are going to be coming out next year in that episode and what we're kind of excited to see going into 2023. But there's no great way to transition from what we've been talking to to our movie, but this this week we did Sky High. We've had uh, some people not requesting, but some people talking to me about doing a Disney movie. We did watch Disney Channel as children, but I thought it would be most interesting. And this was the movie that I think I remember enjoying the most from like early 2000s Disney sort of movies. We didn't watch a ton of like the animated Disney stuff. Like I don't like I remember seeing The Lion King, but I don't remember watching it all that much. And same with, like, Tarzan. I only remember watching Tarzan at, like, Grandma and Grandpa's. But Sky High, I remember watching quite a few times. And since we have Disney+, Plus, I thought we might as well watch this. So, if you're not familiar with Sky High, it's an early 2000s Disney movie, Disney original, about a superhero high school. And it's pretty much just a classic high school sort of story but with superheroes which is kind of the fun the fun twist it's also by the same director elliot who did the lego movie 2 which really? i just thought was a yeah which i thought was interesting that is interesting he's done a lot he's done a lot of like sequels to terrible animated movies cuz he also did like the fourth shrek and the second alvin and the chipmunks i think Wow. Yeah. But yeah, I think I've kind of, like I've kind of said, I remember watching this as a kid. I remember really enjoying it. I was excited to go back. Elliot, what were your thoughts going into this viewing? How do you 
did you also like this when we were kids? Oh yeah, I I was obsessed with this movie as a child. I distinctly remember always, you know, after we were done watching it, we would always go downstairs when we had the old couches downstairs, take all the cushions off and uh, put them on the floor so we could, you know, throw each other around like we were uh, having a big superhero duel. Yeah, I, I remember this movie. I remember liking this movie. I do not remember the movie itself particularly well, like its plot points and stuff. I just remember how it made me feel. And I was I was definitely trepidatious here, thinking, like, this could go one of a few ways. This could... This could really, really live up to my childhood <laughs> memories, or it could really not. No, I was just going to say that this is the first time I've seen this movie in years. Maybe even, like, close to a decade. Uh, I don't know if it's been that long for me. I want to say I watched it sometime in at least high school. But yeah, it was a while. I'll say this right now. I had a ton of fun. I was smiling. I think through the entire time I watched it, I was giggling like nonstop. I I had a lot of fun with this. I felt like it it really held up. Elliot, do you your face isn't betraying a lot. How did how did you feel about watching it this time? I'm sorry. I I this movie was a trip, and uh, not always a pleasant one. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I guess <laughs> establishing that. Uh, oh gosh, I'm really excited for this episode now. Holy cow! Let's get into it then. You can start. You can start with your kind of opening thoughts. What? What? What fell flat for you here? What? What's? What's wrong? Um, Why aren't you happy? <laughs> didn't we didn't we say when we last week when we did spider-man that there were some movies that uh people who would dislike that you you always thought like do you not like fun <laughs> um so i i guess i should confess that i don't like fun i, I prefer misery <laughs> and yeah this movie is very weird like there seems to be, oh my gosh, I don't even know, some kind of analogy of racism going on in this movie. I'm thinking specifically of the divide between heroes and sidekicks and how when... Will has a little study group at his house, and then he goes to talk to his father, and his father, he tells his father that they're all sidekicks, and his father is like, he, he, I don't know what your grandfather would have said if I had brought some of them home with me, referring to sidekicks, and I was like, what? What does that mean? And yeah, to, Layla kept on talking like, you know, we just have to realize that super, there's no difference between superheroes and sidekicks. We're all just people. And again, I was like, what are you talking about? What's going on? So that was really distracting. Um, and that's just something that, you know, caused me a minor existential crisis. It was distracting. It wasn't necessarily bad. I guess my least favorite part about this movie was coming back to it was just how predictable and cliche it was, despite its novel premise. If you strip away all the superhero stuff, it's a fairly bog-standard high school comedy drama thing. And I'm not necessarily saying that that makes the movie bad. You know, there's a lot of movies that are carried by their gimmick, for lack of a better term. Maybe, I sh maybe a better word would be carried by their hook uh, or their concept. I just don't think that this movie, I don't think that the concept carried the movie very far for me. I definitely had fun with it uh, multiple times. I really liked Kurt Russell as uh, the commander. I thought he was great. He seemed like he was having a really fun time. Mary Elizabeth Winstead 
is a fantastic actress. She's probably one of my favorites. And she was working very hard to elevate some very subpar material here. Um, yeah. So those things, there was, there were a handful of jokes that made me legitimately chuckle. You know, I'm not saying this is nearly as bad as Hot Rod or anything. Um, but yeah, there, there were just, for most of the movie, I would say I was, I was not very impressed. Well, I think uh, I do agree those two comments are a little questionable. I think for the most part, the sidekicks and superheroes thing is just supposed to be about like clickiness in high school or in any sort of social setting that there's clicks and the not cool click is, you know, the undesirable, so to speak. I guess for me, the hook just did carry me all the way through that I... I agree. It's very cliche. It's very bog standard, but it's just so much fun. I think I've mentioned previously how much I hate, how much I intensely dislike Dutch angles and how I think it's such a ridiculously pretentious and useless visual tool most of the time. (laughs) This movie won me over a little bit to Dutch angles. Elliot is very cartoonishly reacting to this revelation. I just felt like every time they used the Dutch angle, it was like in an ironic sort of sense that it's like the only reason we're doing this is because it's supposed to look all dramatic because it's a superhero thing. And so I thought the visual style of the movie, by the end of it, it got a little distracting. Like by the end of it, I was like, all right, that's a bit much with the Dutch angles. But certainly at the beginning of the movie, I was beaming at every different shot that was just unnecessarily tilted. It just it seemed so funny to me. Uh, you already took the two people that I most enjoy in this film. Kurt Russell is amazing. His delivery of so many of the lines is hilarious. <laughs> when in the basement, when he goes, and... He can always go into real estate. I <laughs> love that line. And that line still sticks with me. I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead, much like Will Stronghold. I would also fall in love with her upon first sight and not be able to listen to her explain how to not fall off the of school. I think it's just the hook for me. It kept me hooked all the way through. I'm like a dumb fish, you know? I see flashy editing and cutesy filmmaking with, let's admit, very funny jokes. All of the, like, over the intercom things where she's like, there's no smoking on school grounds. Also, no lasering or freezing. And that was so funny. There was more than a... Oh, gosh. I think every time there was something over the PA system, I laughed. Like, it's consistently delivering great jokes along with a great premise. I know I only mentioned Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Kurt Russell, but I think the other cast members are also doing a admirable to good job. I love the guy who plays Zach. I think he's hilarious, too. Elliot, I'll let you bash it some more before I just continue heaping praise on this. Um, I'm very surprised. I was honestly expecting that if there was one thing about this movie that we could commiserate on, it would be the Dutch angles because they were driving me insane. I I think that the camera was level maybe 23 times throughout the entire movie. Otherwise, it was either Dutch angled to the point that it was practically upside down or it was these ridiculously low-angled shots like it was trying to, you know, <clears throat> look up the character's pants or something. But, you know, seriously, I when the, the first shot, or not the first shot, one of the first shots of Coach Boomer is so low, it's practically looking, you can practically see up his shorts. And I was like, what's going on? Just, just bring it up a little, guys. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I also thought that shot was a little weird. But again, I felt like it was all tongue-in-cheek. That it was aware that it was so ridiculous that it was using all of these 
low angle shots and Dutch angles. So for me, it came off as like just the entire crew having so much fun with being able to do a goofy superhero sort of send up. So I, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't commiserate any other movie we could, but not this one. I'm sorry. Yeah. I guess I just didn't, I just didn't get that. I didn't get the, I didn't get a sense of irony from the movie. I, I, I feel like we're really seeing, for me at least, an inverse of Spider-Man that we talked about last week, because... We did Glass Onion last week, Elliot. Right, 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 right. No, here we have a movie that's built on very familiar archetypes, uh, not just archetypal characters, but archetypal character dynamics and just plot points. Uh, Here we have a movie that is playing things very over the top that is kind of uh, that plays very hard into a lot of the cliches and tropes of the genre that it's in the superhero genre it's just for me i didn't have the sense of sincerity or of fun or honestly of skillful execution that I had from Spider-Man, Nathan has clearly seen something in the movie that I have not. Um, I'm interested to see, I'm interested to hear where you see examples of tongue-in-cheek, where you see the examples of irony in it, because I'm more than happy to be proven wrong and, you know, reevaluate my position. Yeah, I think most of the tongue-in-cheek for me comes from, again, I guess it's partly I refuse to believe that any cinematographer would use the Dutch angle this much unironically that surely by the 15th time he was setting up his camera and tilting it, he was like, maybe this is a bit much. (laughs) But I think it's also like a lot of the jokes have a very knowing sense of like, this is silly, right? Like when the mad scientist guy and the oh shoot, All-American Boy, whatever his real name is, when they're watching Save the Citizen and he goes, remember when we used to use real citizens? And the guy just goes, oh yeah, like, yeah, that was rough. That's clearly like wildly unethical and terrible if they were allowing regular people to be murdered (laughs) for the sake of a training exercise. But I, I just think the excesses of the film point me to the fact that it's tongue in cheek. I think. And it's very, like you said, it's definitely playing on the classic high school tropes of like, the bullies are just ludicrous. I mean, they bully a bus driver. How do the students even think they can get away with that? (laughs) And the, right, the mean girl is the literal villain of the film. Like, she's not just mean, she's literally evil. And his parents are so wildly delusional. And it's a bummer his mom isn't around more because the one scene she has with Will, she does such an excellent job parenting him and giving him good advice. And every scene he's with his dad, his dad gives terrible advice (laughs) that in a lot of ways points him further down the path that he's already going, where he's going to like reject his friends and hang out with, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, which again, it's hard to fault him for that. Um. You know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, in addition to being an attractive woman, is actually a talented and accomplished actress. You you may not have noticed this. That's why. That's why I'm saying it's believable. Oh sure. Sure, this from the man who said that he would fall in love with her instantly upon meeting with her. I'm, if you're saying I, I'm attracted to Mary Elizabeth Winstead, guilty as charged, all right? Jeez, don't have to bring out the case file. Goodness. <laughs> just, she's very talented. It's great. All right, let's move on. She's the full package. No, I just think a lot of the irony and the tongue-in-cheekness is inherent, especially if you think, like, um, I haven't seen it, but from my sense of Ang Lee's Incredible Hulk movie that came out around the same time as this movie, it has the whole, like, comic book style, right? Of, like, 
intros and flashbacks and all that nonsense. But that one is also trying to be very introspective and serious. There's never really a moment in this movie where they're trying to be all that serious. I mean, the ending is a little schmaltzy, but it's an ending it kind of earned by the fact that it was schmaltzy throughout most of the movie. Like, they fight a giant robot in the first scene. It's not supposed to be taken that seriously. I I guess. I understand what you're saying. I, I just didn't... I think that it's just a difference of perception here. I didn't really get any sense of... <clears throat> any sense of irony or satire. To me, the excesses... The excesses of this film just kind of came off as excessive. Um... And not in, like, I think that The Simpsons probably does excessive humor better than most comedies that I've seen. Um, and yeah, I just, because it, it marries excessiveness with genuine cleverness. And I didn't, I, I didn't get much of the cleverness from this movie. I feel like I'm... I'm being harder on this movie than I actually feel towards it. Because, so, I I did not dislike this movie at all. I, I don't even think it's bad. I think it's probably safely on the north side. I think it's safely north of mediocre. Like, it's, it's just, it's, it's standing on the threshold of being a good movie, but there's just there's just too much that I found really weird, really distracting, or really unbelievable. You know, the moments of excess that you're talking about, like War and Peace, A, having a stupid name, and B, being willing to commit actual murder for having food spilled on him, that's preposterous. The whole end sequence, I feel like I feel like I'm more with you in terms of the movie being just kind of a schmaltzy good time for most of the movie, but the third act feels bizarrely it feels like they really crank up the silliness with the whole pacifier being turned into babies, uh Royal Payne's entire outfit is ludicrous to say nothing of the fact that she brings in a bunch of neon signs to announce her presence like she's on the Vegas Strip? That's preposterous. Um, yeah, the, I, the movie really did fall apart at the end for me, I, I have to admit. I was, I was pretty much checked out for most of the climax. Wow. That's where I've always really enjoyed the climax. I've always felt like the build-up to the climax, even when I was a kid, I didn't really love the build-up to the climax. I mean, it's the classic char main characters sort of have a falling out before reuniting for the climax. And so it's probably the part of the movie where it gets the most cliche and therefore the least fun. And, but then I, I just, I, the ending sequence is so fun. And I thought, like, the fight between Will and Royal Pain was so much better done than the fights between, like, Marvel characters. It was crazy to me. I think the line, surprised, so am I, is just an all-timer, is such a great <laughs> line. And yeah, it's just a lot of fun. It's just fun. I just had so much fun with this movie. I feel bad that you didn't. I was hoping... I, I felt like you were hinting that you did at the beginning. And I was like, this is going to be great. We're both going to be able to be like, oh, we had so much fun and nostalgia. And we can live in the past forever. And instead, I am delusionally living in the past. While it's like, it sucks. It's not fun at all. No, that's that's not what I'm saying. There were, there were more than a few. There was a significant portion of this movie that I really liked, you know, I think that a perfect example of Mary Elizabeth Winstead carrying subpar material is when she's expositing her villainous plan to the commander as a baby. The only reason I wasn't tearing my hair out at the writing is because she's selling it hard. I agree with you that the fight between Will and Royal Payne is 
surprisingly competent in its choreography and execution. Like, it's not the kind of over-the-top Marvel thing where they're spinning around like ninjas in zero-G. It, uh, you know, there's some, there's definitely, and this is true of the action throughout the movie, that it's really tactile, uh, if that makes sense. Like, it's, whenever somebody gets hit, they're almost guaranteed to get hit into something that will invariably fall apart in a very pleasing fashion. So there's something viscerally pleasing about the fights in this movie, especially the last one when they're, you know, throwing each other around. And there's... Well, I'm not sure if anyone heard that, but that was Shadow making a very strange noise. Um, Yeah, and there's... That was really distracting. There's no rapid edits. It, 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 for all the ridiculousness, it feels more, I don't know, realistic in terms of just what they're able to pull off and the kinds of strategies that they're employing. I mean, Will's obviously a powerhouse, so he's going to rely mostly on just throwing her around the place where she's a bit more tactical. And yeah, I, it, I mean, there, it's, it's hard to describe, but you can always remember moments from these fights, you know? Like, because it's so focused on people being thrown into things, like, you can sort of... I remember that at the fight, at the beginning of the fight with Royal Pain, they're smashing through the walls, and then Will picks Royal Pain up and is, you know, slamming her into tables. I remember in the War and Peace fight, when he first throws the table to the side... War and Peace takes a mother of a header on the wall. I'm amazed that he didn't get a concussion. Yeah, that's all really good. There are some... I I know I've been talking for a while now, but I really do want to make sure that that I point out that I did not hate this movie. I didn't even dislike it, to be honest. There were some legitimate small touches that I appreciated, like the fact that you could see... Gwen's father slash Stitch, who I also, I should note, I hated that character with all my heart and soul. You could see him at the party. The whole movie, its coloration is very saturated, which I think legitimately gives it the look of a kind of golden age comic book. It's very colorful, very bright. I think that's a really good touch. Um, I honestly really enjoyed the introduction and the outro when they're doing when they're basically just doing an animated comic book uh, moving from panel to panel I thought that was really clever and really fun I really liked I really liked I don't know why but I really enjoyed the gag of uh Russell Crowe or the the commander when he's trying to call the school and he breaks the phone and he opens the drawer and it's got a bunch of phones you know for for that kind of thing I thought that was really good. Yeah, it's just... It's just all of that exists alongside stuff that really either bored me or made me go, like, uh, seriously. You know, that made me roll my eyes. Yeah, I guess I would agree. The fights are so tactile and very good. I've always vividly been able to remember the fireball hitting the lunch tray that Will picks up to block yeah. it, and then yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Such a, and I think this movie does a phenomenal job. I can't imagine the budget was huge, and they do such a great job. I don't think there's any shot that's like some of the shots in Spider-Man where I'm like, this was made on a very old PC, and it does not hold up. I think. The only shot that kind of has that is the one where Jetstream throws the commander at the big robot. That's clearly CGI, but it, I think because of the level of saturation like you were talking about, the movie already looks kind of surreal. So it's able to get away with more because it already kind of looks like fake. So when they have fake-looking sort of CGI, you're like, eh, it's still... More fake. It looks fake, still. So I think this movie does a really phenomenal job working around what I can't imagine was a huge budget. The special effects look great, in my opinion. And yeah, I love a lot of those little details as well. 
Uh, I really, I kind of genuinely want to know how they did all of the quick changes in the like quick change montage. If like the actors genuinely learned how to do like a quick change, because it didn't look like the kind of thing where you could edit your way out of it. But I also know barely anything about editing. So I don't know. I'd also like to say, I really like the soundtrack and the score to this movie. The soundtrack is super good. All Stop the World and Melt With You is great. They play Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, which is such a good song. They played some and weird cover of it. Of tear, of Everybody Wants... Well, it was yeah. covers of all of these songs, so I don't care. <laughs> I have no musical ear. It all sounds the same to me. And then the score. The score, I think, is a really great... It sounds right, very homage to the classic Superman score or something in that vein. It's very jaunty. It's fun. It's epic. Ah, it's good. Very good. I mean, I agree about the soundtrack. Uh, the music's really good. <sighs> I don't know, man. There's just something about this movie that didn't jive with me. Uh, so much stuff that was, that was just weird and yeah, I I liked the character of War and Peace, despite his ridiculous name. That is so dumb. I really hated that. Uh, I think he kind of had a similar sort of... I don't know if you would call it an arc, but a similar kind of development to Steve from Stranger Things, where the, the bully becomes a friend much less believable here because he really only becomes will's friend i don't even know why he becomes will's friend that's not explained at all it's mostly just because they're in danger at the end of the movie and then i guess they just became friends after that because they went through something like that together wow. okay well that's dumb um yeah the like you said the bullies are just straight out of a stephen king story the Dash and Stretch or whatever their stupid names are. <laughs> I, I, and yeah, I, my definitely my least favorite part about this movie was just how cliche it all was. Like with the, the cliche bullies, the cliche childhood best friends romance, the cliche, the really bad cliche uh, friends fight before the beginning of the movie where they inevitably reconcile. Like, oh my gosh. I... Maybe I'm just a forgiving person, but it's insane to me that after years of friendship, Layla was willing to just buy that after a few weeks of a bit of tension between the two of them, Will was ready to completely be done with her and climb up the social ladder. I mean, and then, you know, Gwen says, like, yo, he just doesn't want to see you. You're embarrassing him. And then Will happens to walk over and he looks for all the world genuinely happy to see Layla. He's like, Oh, Hey, uh, Hey Layla, you're here. And she's like, Oh, screw you, man. Like she doesn't, th there's no, there's no moment where she's like, Oh wow. Will, Will must be a great actor or something. Cause he seems legitimately happy to see me. I really disliked that. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I just hate fun. It's just, it's just fun is something that I really dislike. Yeah, well, now that the fun police is over talking, I can give my final, <laughs> I can give kind of my final thoughts. I feel like I've talked about this movie a ton. I just had so much fun. Holy cow. Just the most fun. It was so funny. Also, Linda Carter as the principal. Fantastic. Oh, I do want to say this. The fact that some of the people in this universe get superpowers, but those superpowers are objectively useless. What a horrible thing. Like, Zach, I know the glowing in the dark thing did come in handy in that one scene in the movie, but in barely any other circumstances, is that ever going to be come in handy? And like... <laughs> The kid turning into a puddle, that is useless. Like, they're not being mean when they're saying you can't be a superhero with that. They're being factual. If you show up to a mugging and you turn into a puddle, you have done nothing to stop the mugging. And you will not be able to do anything to stop the mugging. 
So uh, I think that's kind of ridiculous as an in-universe sort of thing. The fact that some people can get powers and they're just completely worthless. That is so horrible. Also, this school, people make fun of Hogwarts for being outrageously dangerous and also incredibly clicky by design. This movie has that times a million. I mean, they literally call the not good people the sidekick. They, everyone makes fun of them. Even the teachers seem to make fun of them. It's very silly. None of this takes, none of these points, just for anyone listening, none of this takes away from my enjoyment of the movie. It's just stuff that I find funny while watching the movie. And like, if I watch this with friends, this is the kind of stuff I would be saying while also saying, hey, shut the heck up. War and Peace is about to fight Will Stronghold. You gotta pay attention. This part's important. I'm I'm glad you brought up the Hogwarts thing because I do think that there are more than a few parallels uh, between this movie's world and the the Harry Potter world. To say nothing of abusive teachers that I would not let within five feet or not five five hundred feet of my children's education. I mean, Boomer is physically and verbally abusive towards his students. And yeah, it creates this uh, ridiculous divide between who's acceptable and who's not. Which, by the way, is not fixed at the end of the movie. Just because the uh, sidekicks did something good does not mean that this that the hierarchy of sidekicks and superheroes has been eliminated at this school. There's also the same questions uh, that Harry Potter's world invokes about things like governing bodies and histories and just a lot of logistical questions that are, that are left up in the air. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I've i never been a fan of the... of criticizing a movie by attacking its logic. There are definitely movies where... that have really poor logic that I really dislike. There are movies that have really poor logic that I really like. I think that calling out things that don't make sense or plot holes or something is very easy um when you're trying to critique a movie because there's no real substance behind it it's like trying to critique a painting versus trying to critique a math equation like if with a math equation you can point out exactly the mechanical problems that make it add up to something poor it's a lot harder to talk about you know, the meaning of a painting or the feeling that it engenders in you, which is why I think that, which is why I, I, which is why I don't like when people critique movies on the base, purely on the basis of what makes sense and what doesn't. But I would say that it just goes over the line here in terms of things that don't make sense, things that stand out to me as being dumb or illogical or question raising that really just, distract me from all the parts, all the many parts of this movie that I legitimately enjoyed that made me laugh or made me feel good feelings. So yeah, honestly, this movie just kind of, kind of like what happened with The Shining when we did our episode on that, this movie just kind of made me sad where I was just disillusioned most of the time. Well, not most of the time, but by the end, by the end, I was just kind of disillusioned. Well, that's too bad. I really, I am bummed that you can't have the same experience as me. Cause I, I also, I was trepidatious going into it. I didn't know if I would like it. And I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed it and how much fun I had. Bummer for you. Sucks to suck. <laughs> let's, uh, it does. let's, uh, I don't have anything else I want to say. I think I've pretty much covered everything. I wanted to. So how about we uh, get get into some ratings? Let's do it. All right. I think I've actually talked myself up. I think it, I at when I started this, I was like, no, I'm going to try and 
be critical about this. It is cliche. It does have a lot, all these cliches that kind of bug me in other movies. But I, I really think the style of it and just the level of filmmaking that I think went into making a movie this cheesy and this fun, I it's like a 7.9 for me. 7.9 or an 8. It really, it it's a lot of fun. I... <laughs> It's just a lot of fun. And I think, obviously, it won't be for everyone. But if you watch it as a kid, maybe rewatch it. And maybe you'll be like me. Or maybe you'll be like me. And you'll think, you know, <laughs> there's a lot to like in this movie. There's a lot of stuff that I find really funny. A lot of stuff that I find really fun. There's some legitimately competent uh, action scenes and set pieces. There's some great actors working very hard to sell the material that's on offer. But it's, all, but it's also riddled with cliches. There's a lot of stuff that's dumb, a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense, a lot of character beats that aren't really earned, uh, that I can't really explain away with the it's a kid's movie excuse. And at the end of the day, you'll say, I can only give this a C plus. By the way, I give this movie a C plus. Oh, good one. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> All right, Elliot. So now let's get into recommendations. I guess you didn't like this because you hate fun. So what non-fun movie do you have uh, to recommend? Actually, I have a very fun movie to recommend. One of the most fun movies, I think, out there. So, like we were talking about during the break that nobody's going to notice because of Nathan's reliably skillful editing hand. Um, you know, if you, I, if you keep mentioning these breaks, they won't be... A, if you wouldn't mention them, no one would know. <laughs> That's part of the fun, Nathan. I thought you liked fun, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, anyway, we were talking that... It's, it was hard for me to come up with a recommendation for this movie because I couldn't really get a grasp on what it was trying to be and the things that I did think it was trying to be I didn't really like very much. So I went with the coming-of-age angle but also combined that with the superhero angle to arrive at uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. This is one of my all-time favorite animated movies. I think it's a great Spider-Man movie. I think it's a great superhero movie. I think it's a great kids movie i think it's a great movie this is this is one of my fondest theater experience theater memories because it's one of those movies that wasn't really expecting much from and was just so taken aback by how much i enjoyed it i think that this is a legitimate coming of age story with some real real uh real heft behind it some real emotional stakes some real dramatic stakes some real like things to say about family and about doing the right thing and courage and stuff like that. Um, I absolutely love the animation style. I know that a, f a handful of people don't really, don't really hold with this animation. I think it's fantastic. I think it's hilarious. Everyone's doing a great job performance-wise. It's got Mahershala Ali. He's one of my favorite actors. And yeah, I, I, I think that it's great. I think if you're looking for... A family-friendly, coming-of-age story that you can enjoy with the kids and with the with the wife and the kids, you know, just like me. Um, and you can't go wrong with Into the Spider-Verse. And honestly, if you're just looking for a really good movie, you should just watch Into the Spider-Verse. I'm really excited for uh, the second one. Yeah, I do have to agree. That movie is a ton of fun. It's also incredibly funny. I had friends who was were in the theater when we were in the theater saying, watching it. And they were annoyed that I laughed as much as I did. And I don't feel bad because it was funny. So not my fault. Um, my recommendation is somewhat similar. It's also animated. Mine is the classic animated film, The Iron Giant. I want to say it's from the 90s. It's Brad Bird who would go on to gain quite a bit of fame as a director for Pixar with Ratatouille and The Incredibles. But this was his first animated film. And much like this movie, it's very aware of the places it's pulling its inspiration from. 
in this case, it's kind of a Stranger Things sort of uh, 70s Spielberg vibe where a kid finds an Iron Giant. But it's a ton of fun. I recently rewatched it because I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. And I really enjoyed it. It's really funny. I think if you liked Stranger Things, you'll really like this because it's playing with a lot of the same ideas. And if you liked Sky High, you'll also like this because I think it's very tongue-in-cheek. It's an interesting look at superheroes and superheroes in culture, and especially in the culture of kind of the Cold War uh, nuclear Armageddon sort of fear. I know none of these sound like a kid's movie, but I swear it's a kid's movie. It's a lot of fun. It's very cool. You should check it out. I agree. Iron Giant is a really good movie. I'm glad that you said, I'm glad that you pointed out the kind of 70s Spielberg throwback nature of it. Because the instant you said that, I immediately thought, wow, if we ever reviewed Iron Giant, E.T. would be a perfect recommendation for it. Yeah. Or, you know, vice versa. Like Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, Iron Giant. But that's, that's, you know, for right now, it's time to remind ourselves that life is hard and full of disappointments. It's time to, but it's also a time to rejoice, you know. We're, get, we're coming up on Christmas. We're planning on doing a Christmas movie soon. We haven't, it, this, in case you haven't noticed, this is actually, we kind of play this, program by ear uh for large portions of it it's it's a time to rejoice it's time to let jake out of his shed so he can uh romp and play in the snow for a few hours before he goes back to practicing his introduction yeah uh, nathan do you have any any closing thoughts for our listeners yeah, I guess I would say, I'll throw this out there, we haven't decided on a, we're definitely going to do a Christmas movie, we haven't decided on one. If you have one that you think deserves more attention, or you think we would enjoy, feel free to throw it towards us. We've seen almost all of the classics, so there's a decent chance we have seen it, and if we haven't seen it, maybe we'll give it a try and review it for the podcast. Otherwise, I'm really excited for, yeah, like we kind of talked about at the beginning, there's a lot of great movies coming up. We're going to see them. We're going to tell you if you should see them. It'll be amazing. Just, gosh, incredible. <laughs> Just like this movie. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough.